Psalms 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In the city of Edinburgh, Scotland, there's the, the motto on a plaque there. And they adopted their motto from this verse. And it's Nisi Dominus Frusta, which means accept the Lord in vain or without the Lord frustration. And this passage here is really fascinating. It's, this chapter is only five verses long. It talks about children and family, children being a heritage of the Lord after this. And the reason it does is because the psalmist here is helping us understand that house doesn't necessarily mean the structure like we think of. The word here that's used, baunau, the, the builds, is tied into the root word for family, the house. So like Noah, take all of your house and come into the ark. The root word for son, ben, as in Benjamin, son of my right hand, and daughter, bath. It's all tied into this root word for house, bayeth. And so the Lord is building a house. And this is not a house of brick and stone. He's building families, and he's building his family today. You guys remember in 2 Samuel 7, David was distressed because the Lord's ark was sitting in a tent, and he said, I want to build him a temple. And the Lord responds to him through the prophet and says, listen, you want to build a house for me? Did I ever ask you to do that? No, instead, I will build a house for you, David, and I'm going to establish your family, and the kingly line is going to come through your loins, and he will sit on his throne forever. The Lord says, David, I will build you a house, and one of the sons of your house He'll build me a brick-and-mortar structure. But I'm going to build you a family. And so it's really helpful to know this before we get to Ephesians 2. So take a right with me to the New Testament. And I'm just going to take about seven minutes here and unpack this before my dear brother Josh and my dear sister Stacy come up here and share a word with us today. Ephesians Chapter 2, the queen of the epistles here. Beautiful, beautiful book. The crown of Paulinism. Ephesians 2, 19. Consequently, you Gentiles are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises or continues to increase growing to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, and really the unpacking of that sentence is, in him 
and in fellowship with one another, you too are, listen, being built together, being fitted together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God is building a house right now. Why? So that he might dwell there by his spirit and manifest his presence out. We are being present tense fitted together. Sometimes friction, yeah? Living stones. You don't start a house with the window blinds, right? Or the shingles. Yeah, we start a house with the good foundation. The first block laid in the foundation is who, everybody? Christ Jesus. He is the cornerstone. Everything gets squared off of him. Everything gets laid based on where he starts. Everything follows Christ. And so from Christ come the apostles. The foundation of the house is built on Christ Jesus and the apostles as the foundation. Now what or who are the walls? And you don't have to flip there now, but we remember 1 Peter chapter 2. Listen to this. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. The walls of this house are you and me. Just like Jesus, the living stone, we are being built up. Literally, think of the walls going up, being built up into Christ Jesus. Why? So that God can dwell in this house and manifest his presence. And we might invite others who are outside to come into the ark before the flood comes. Come into the house Be rescued from the coming wrath that is promised to us. The church is made to be a house. God is building it. How are we being built? And that's what I want to take just the last few minutes to tell you here. How are we being built? Well, here's a couple of thoughts before I get to the three house. Number one, we start small. We start weak which by implication is you are being built up. You start here and you're built higher. Okay, number two, where are we being built? The location is in where, everybody? In him. In him, you are being built into a house. That means outside of him, there's no building up. Only in him. And, again, firstly, it implies that we start small and weak at the beginning. You're babies in Christ. You need pure spiritual milk to grow. You're immature. You must grow into maturity. There's all of that there. Okay. Ephesians 4 has the three hows, how we are built into Christ. I just want to sew this in. The three hows. These are the big picture hows, by the way. If you want the long list, there's seven in 1 Corinthians 14. Built up, built up, built up, built up. Paul can't contain himself. This is how you're built up into Christ, seven times in 1 Corinthians 14. Here's the three big pictures. That's what I want to focus on today. Number one, go with me to chapter four of Ephesians, verse 11. 
So Christ himself gave as gifts to the church. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip, there's the name of Elder Equip here, to equip his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ, the living stones, might be built up. So how are we built up? Number one, we're built up by the five-fold equipping ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherd, teachers. Meaning, if we avail ourselves of the gift that God has given to the church, if we avail ourselves of these precious gifts, these people the Lord has given us, and we submit, oh, I cussed in church, sorry. If we submit ourselves to their authority in Christ Jesus, we will rapidly grow up into Christ. Consequently, if we choose to not open those gifts that God has given us, if we choose to not sit and listen with two ears and one mouth, and if we choose to rebel against that, we will not be built up. Will we still have the foundation of Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the walls will not be built up. Number one, we are built up through the five-fold equipping ministry. We're going to have some here in just a minute. If ministry of evangelism equipping is coming in just a few minutes. Number two, how are we built up? Go with me to verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as the preacher preaches once a week. Sorry, missed it. As each part does its work. Number two, how are we built up? By doing the work God put in you to do. The body of Christ is built up, number one, by the fivefold of ministry. If they're doing their job right, they're helping unpack the good works that were put inside of each person. And that leads to number two, each part doing its work. No matter how small or insignificant you might think, each part doing its work, both sides of the body built up, hands and feet. It's beautiful. Then the body is built up, the house is built. Number three, and lastly here, if you go with me, to chapter 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome or corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. It says after that, don't grieve the Spirit of God through your words. Don't let any unhealthy, unwholesome, corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only words that are helpful for building up, that it might benefit those who listen. By speaking words of life and edification, number three, we are actually promoting growth in Christ in each individual. Consequently, Romans 3 and James 3 talk about the tongue and the ability to destroy. That word corrupting there means rotten or putrefied or worthless. You know, Proverbs says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. We have the ability to tear down or to build up. 
with our tongues. We all know we've experienced this. So listen, words of life, number one, are helpful for building others up. Number two, words in season according to their needs, their specific needs. And number three, it not only blesses that person, but it gives residual grace to everyone else who listens. Even if it's not directed at them, if they hear it, it gives grace. Poisonous words from a bitter tongue, like gangrene, spreads and infects others. Words of life and blessing spreads and benefits others. Power of life and power of death. Guys, this is why we love this meeting here. This is an equipping meeting. Number one, apostles, prophets, evangelists, separate teachers, there's an equipping that happens in this meeting. This is why we love house churches, because number two, each part doing its work, we get a practice together in house church. Number three, this is why we love prophecy. We speak the mind and counsel of the Lord, words of life and grace to one another according to their need, words in season. God is building a house. Alita prayed for me this morning. She didn't know that I was going to say all this, and she said, Lord, you have torn us to pieces you have broken down the walls, but you are building us up again. And that's the truth. We're returning to the Lord. The church's walls are in rubbles, just like Israel's walls, the walls of the city for 100 years. But after only 50-odd days, the walls are built back into place like that. When the Lord is the builder of his church, those who labor do not labor in vain. He is building his house. So I prophesy you today that the Lord is building his church, and it's a people. And we want to cooperate with that process through all three of these. Yes and amen? Amen.